0: I'm a part-time rock star. But I go to work What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 119. Today with my guest, the LJR, otherwise known as Luke Justin Roberts. Um, he's a long-time friend of mine. He's been on the show many times. I believe this is episode number six for him. And uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on in his world. Um, he's got a big show, June 24th at the Pearl Street Warehouse in Washington, D.C. with the slang and Jerome Williams. It's uh, the first show he's doing as a solo artist. So it's uh, kind of a big deal and he's definitely trying to pump it up. So we talked a lot about that. Um, I featured a new song of his called Needle 11, which has an accompanying music video coming out pretty soon. Not sure the exact date but uh, if you're fans of his, you can definitely check out his uh, Facebook group, the LJR Fam, and, uh, yeah, just in general, thanks for listening, thanks for supporting local music. Uh, Feel free to subscribe or drop a comment on the podcast wherever you may be listening. Um, The first festival for the podcast is, of course, June 4th in Baltimore at Fishhead Cantina. Check that out. And then uh, Part-Time Rockstar Productions is going as well if you're looking to get a music video done. But, uh, yeah, Luke and I had a pretty fun conversation in the library. Uh, I think the only thing to mention about our conversation that changed a little is that Luke is no longer drumming with me, uh, with my band in New York City at that show. But he is still drumming in Baltimore, April 13th at The Crown. Um, So that's still happening. And then last but not least, just got to mention the sponsor of the show, Truly Strings. You can find him on Truly Strings on Instagram. And Stephen is the luthier who runs that guitar shop. So yeah, without uh, further ado, we'll get to chat with Luke.
1: Hello. My name is LJR. Am I? I mean, I knew that I wanted to shorten my super long name at some point. Yeah. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I never liked how long it was. Yeah. So, you, know, you were the person. Right. Person who actually started calling me "quote the LJR." <laughs> and and so, I kind of like. I kind of think I got more used to
0: it with that. Yeah, it's but, always the LJR. Never just LJR. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, cool. Well, I guess we're up and running. Um, kind of weird. Because we were just talking before this, and now there's microphones, so I guess we gotta mind our p's and q's. Other than that, <laughs> no, that's that's right. Gotta make sure we uh, interact
1: appropriately, which I well, think is important. But.
0: Yeah, well, I guess first things first. We gotta talk about uh, your show, the Pearl Street Warehouse show with the slang, oh, yeah, and uh, somebody else is on that bill as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That's the big news in the LJR world. Yeah, finally Um, playing a
1: show. Really pumped about that.
0: Yeah. So, what's the details? Other than uh, a VIP party room that may include risque behavior or (laughs) who knows. So,
1: yeah, so June 24th, we're gonna be playing at Pearl Street Warehouse in DC. Sweet. Um, Doors open at seven, Uh, three bands total. Um, It's gonna be uh, Jerome Williams is gonna open and then uh, the slang is going on after. Um, the slang is made up of um, many of you guys know Felix Nieto. He does my mixing, a lot of mixing for Brett, a lot of production stuff. Um, and uh, John Bobo is the other yeah. member of, of that group. Um, and they're bringing a full band, actually, which would be cool. Um, yeah. Not just kind of their backing tracks that they've done a lot. is um, bringing a full band. Uh, and then I'm bringing a full band after as well, which is going to be. It's pretty dope. Big Um, first. Yeah, big first for me. Um, I've always, there was one live stream show where I played like with a different band other than like my brothers. And I've, you know, backed you up obviously on drums and stuff like that. But in terms of like me playing my music, singing up front, being a front man, this will be like first time actually doing that like live. Yeah. So it's interesting to delve into like what are the aspects of growth for me with that. Um, you know, I've been fo- so focused on building an online following for so long that I'm really starting to transition into okay What's the live show gonna look like? Yeah. Um, I need to do a shit ton of practice, you know for that to get my voice up to be able to do the full thing and like You know, there's more than enough time to do that um, After I finish this chapter three, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit with the sci-fi series um, I moved my whole focus to just practicing for the show <clears throat> being like fully ready yeah. for that so yeah, so lots to do uh, for that, but um, I think tickets are twenty bucks. They're on Ticketmaster. Obviously, you can um, you know get them on my website, or if you um, shoot me a text, or um, sneak into your house in the middle of the night. And exactly, steal the VIP passes. There we go. Yeah, we got like legit little um, like those you know three by five you know yeah. plastic laminated yeah. VIP passes with the lanyards exactly. and everything. So yeah. we're having a VIP party after that. will Be fun. Well, Still ironing out all the details, but
0: those will come yeah. soon. Uh, that's why I'm gonna keep uh, keep harping on it, keep stressing the VIP for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: let people know that it's a party that currently doesn't exist, mm-hmm. at least on paper, but it exists in your imagination, and it may come to fruition. So, yeah, I mean, all that all that we need is an official location. So yeah.
1: we're reaching out to you know a bunch of places right now. I, ideally, we're gonna get something that's right on the wharf, so that because that's where Pearl Street is, so everybody can just walk there we don't yeah. have to like drive half an hour to get somewhere. I think that would be a real damper on the party, especially because you know, the concert itself will probably end around eleven thirty. We got to pack up and then move everything.
0: Yeah, you know, so it's going to be some some work. It's going to be an intense weekend. Um, yeah, and for those not from DC, the Wharf is the uh, kind of bougie section of DC now, where mm-hmm. you know Dave Grohl's uh, you know concert theater is there and mm-hmm. everything else. So <clears throat> pretty cool spot.
1: And as the name implies, it is right on the water. So when you go outside of the venue, you can just walk right down to the waterfront and go along, um, check out all sorts of cool bars, restaurants, stuff like that. Um, We totally recommend, you know, if you want to get there early or whatever, you can have dinner, then come to the show. They have, you know, food and drinks, obviously, at the show. Um, And then, you know, obviously the place will have food and drinks that we go to after. We're working on getting a drink sponsor as well. Hopefully we'll make that happen. No Maybe. guarantees,
0: um, but we'll see. What kind of uh, drink sponsor does the LJR <laughs> want? What's the ideal? My <laughs> my ideal would definitely be
1: probably Sagamore Rye. Oh, so I just nice. I love Sagamore. It's so good. Um, and I'm definitely a, a rye whiskey kind of right. guy. That'll get you going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So we'll see if we can get that. That'd be great. Um, I mean, we'll probably reach out to a number number of local. Breweries, uh, distilleries. Uh, Sagri- Sagamores up in Baltimore.
0: Uh, Heavy Seas is, I think that's Catonsville. Is that right? Uh, basically, <coughs> basically, it's kind of like Halethorpe. Not mm-hmm. to really split hairs, but yeah, pretty know, close. Yeah, in um, that general area. Mm-hmm.
1: And then we got, um, like, obviously Jailbreak would be great too. Yeah. Manor Hill, you know, would be another place. Uh, they're all pretty local, but ideally something that's closer to DC just because I assume that a lot of people coming will be you know, fairly local to that spot.
0: so yeah, Makes sense, well, you know, if you dream it, they will come. So. Yeah, I mean,
1: I have an event manager, my buddy uh, Connor is teaming up and really making a huge difference when it comes to that. So he's taking over like the sponsorship stuff, yeah. they put together the packages, he's gonna handle all the reach out stuff to them as well. And we have weekly meetings to catch up with where we're at and all that stuff we're gonna do flyers and just really make a do a lot of promotion with it and we got a whole online uh, campaign going as well with a new strategy we're trying Mm -hmm. basically we use a a video views campaign on Facebook to to a worldwide audience to build a lot of attention around one or two of our songs Um, it's like I'm using my Kings of Leon cover and I probably paid about I think it's about 370 bucks or so Mm -hmm. to build it to a point where it has i think 2300 likes 500 600 shares and a lot of comments gotta count those likes yeah well the the whole point of it is to build the social proof on it and then you take that and you remarket it strictly to a 100 mile radius of here to everybody to build the perception of your brand yeah so when people see it they're like oh wow this is like an artist that's got a lot of attention and
0: that kind of stuff the first person i've heard audibly use the term social proof oh yeah that's <laughs> sort of new-age hipster way of yeah. saying I'm famous oh, I'm well, it's, it's a way I mean it's
1: I, I totally see what you're saying where you're coming from with that uh, it's, sounds, I mean it's
0: sounds so business like
1: yeah it totally is like straight out of marketing yeah. right I mean if basically it's the idea that if other people like a thing then yeah. you're like, oh, you kind of assume that it's valuable, right? Yeah. So if people scroll by my post and there's like 10 likes on it versus 2.3k, you immediately assume, oh, this is like a legit band versus like a non-legit band if it's at 10 likes, right? Yeah. So and that's so. the idea. So then we remarket it to that hundred mile radius of DC, and then you can actually run a following, a follow-up campaign to people who've watched. or more of your video or even 50% or more or 75% or more Facebook will create those audiences for you and then you run a ticket link to those people So you establish yourself as a legitimate band by having all the social proof around it So then when you run a ticket link and you do it far enough out You've put yourself in front of them multiple times put a ticket link in front of them They think it's you know that you're you've got quality content people like your stuff because real people did right um, and then hopefully they come out to the show. So this is our first time trying it. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll pack it out. We're, we're just switching over. We just built all the social proof and now we're switching over into the mode where
0: um, we actually market the ticket links to the people who've mm. engaged around here. Well, assuming I come out to the show, I think I have my sign made up now. Oh God, I'm so excited to see what this is. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna hold a sign up for you. that just says "Social Proof." There we go. Our hashtag: Social Proof. <laughs> and then, be uh, hilarious. Like the most meta joke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nobody's gonna get it at the show, but it, that's uh, gonna be part of the beauty. But of it. I will. And yeah, we giggle. I'll, I'll look at you. We'll make eye contact, and mm-hmm. I'll reach out and high five or something.
0: Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll maybe I'll catch your underwear in the front row, yeah, you never know never you never know Well, we'll <laughs> assuming see. you're wearing underwear that is, you know, yeah, like I mean a valid question for yeah. the set. do you think how are you gonna go? freeballing? Well
1: First you know, big show. it's I, I guess if I don't wear underwear, it would be a way to like fight the the sexual oppression that i I felt for a long time in the church, you know. Yeah. It's got to yeah. get a little church action going on. You know, I'll just mm-hmm. touch on some of that
0: during every episode. I guess but, better op- oppression in the church rather than whatever the other funny business thing is that goes on in church sometimes. Well, which of the many funny businesses <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about? There's so many. <laughs> well, you weren't Catholic. Let's just put it that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, sexual abuse and stuff like that. It, totally. I think it, that's the other level worse. So at least you avoided that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, there are many ways in which. I, I think, well, I've, I have my own, you know, grievances with the church and, you know, trouble with the Christian God and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's caused a lot of damage for me. I totally recognize, you know, many other people had a lot of other things that I didn't have to go through. Um, you know, like I never had to, like, come out or you know, deal with feelings of, like, being gay or that kind of stuff in the church where I would get slammed for a belief like that or experience a lot of internal shame around that on top of like having any sort of sexual desire at all. So I still got a lot of shame around the sex stuff, but not like <laughs> the gay sex stuff. And that is worse. You know, that, that is a more uh, intense, there's like you well, really, at least it's understandable yeah. that like you want to be you, with somebody of the opposite sex, but yeah. well, there's you've no gone, space for that. You're going from the saying.
0: drum throne to the, to the front front role, the leading man, so yeah. you, you have to exude certain charisma or not, yeah. bravado. Well, that's going so, to be a whole thing. We're going like, to have see I, what your, your dance moves are. Yeah.
1: Uh, I actually have a big mirror um, in my apartment that, that, that I'm gonna be using to like practice and figure out like, okay, does this move look dumb? Are like, we
0: expecting like choreography here? Like what are we, what are we thinking? I, just improv, you know,
1: just feel it out. I'm probably going to just more so let my body flow, figure out what feels natural and then like yeah. filter those moves based on what I think looks acceptable.
0: Mm. Um, get some Sagamore going before the set. Right, exactly. Take a couple shots before slash
1: during or whatever. Um, We'll see. I mean, it's... It would be interesting. I did enjoy doing some choreography in high school. There are some videos out there of me doing Backstreet Boy, Michael Jackson, dances yeah. and stuff online. They're hard to find. Internet shout out to you. Still hasn't found them. Oh, <laughs> but oh wow. Uh, All right. She's been working hard. she um, homework now. Yeah. No, she's been trying for a couple of years, actually. I know where they are. I just haven't told her yet because I want to see if she actually oh, finds uh. them. But like, it's not tagged. To me, it's tagged to other stuff, so
0: she'd have to Google different yeah. search terms to find it. She's gonna have like a spreadsheet, or like one of those serial killer boards up with all the, <laughs> the yarn going from like different texts. And then like, like figure
1: like, it out. She's like, oh. ah, yeah.
0: it's like that meme, there's like,
1: oh my god, you know, uh, like conspiracy theory thing. Yeah,
0: that basically.
1: Would, that'll be that. That'll be great, once she actually gets it, I'm, I'm sure we'll have to do something special, because she's been working hard to find that. Man. And I had Emily uh, Fuller, I don't know if you've met her yet, but uh, she's awesome. She went to my high school youth group, had her on the stream on Sunday, yeah, um, and we talked all about like went in depth with a lot of stuff, and it pulled up all these memories from church youth group that I had totally forgotten about, um, and she was bringing up like the step nights that we did and the lip sync nights and how there's actually more footage than I remembered uh, of different steps that we did. So anyway, mm-hmm. all to say, I have enjoyed doing that. Sometimes I may bring up, I may like get a couple quick dance moves just to kind of throw in at different spots, maybe. I don't know. I'm just going to let it, when I practice it and figure out what feels right, I'm going to see what I really want to do. Man, and you just never know. Maybe ins- Yeah. Maybe inspiration will strike on the night and I'll be like, oh, actually, I'll do this thing. And you know, I don't want to like overhype something and then be super awkward. <laughs> that's <laughs> one of the things that's weird. It's like, as just a singer, I have to move my body a lot more now. You're not going to play guitar at all? No, I mean, I'm not really a guitarist, you know, like I can play like little notes here and there. I don't want to play piano and sing because that prevents me from really moving around. And I also can't hit the notes I really want to while playing piano. And then drums, I'm way back there. So I think, you know, this being my first time actually being a front man, like it's going to be a great experience for growth, but it is going to be uncomfortable, a learning experience. And I got to figure out like, how am I going to move my body? Because right now that is more awkward because I've just never really done that. So it's interesting. I'm like editing together my performance portions of the videos that I'm putting together for the sci-fi series. Whenever I do like a performance aspect, I feel very awkward and I'm trying to like, what do I do? And then sometimes I think I look really cool because I'm like releasing my body in some way. And then I look at the footage and I'm like, oh, my God, this this is cringy. Like, it's hard for me to watch this. Um, Mm. And I have to like edit around,
0: you know, the awkward moments or whatever, you know. I guess that's a good thing. I mean. You probably spend more time editing video or looking at video of yourself than any other human being on the planet, <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> when so when probably, you're constantly
1: creating content and doing live uh, streams,
0: yeah, your, your screen is just right there monitoring it. Um, I've recently learned after editing a video that uh, you do get a little tired of looking at yourself. Oh, totally. But I guess you get tired of looking at anybody if yeah. you look at them long enough. I don't know. Yeah, eventually, like, you know, you pay attention to what's
1: on the screen, but you're you're storing things in a very temporary fashion. Like you're just making a judgment of, oh, is this a cool shot? You're not even like paying attention to who it is other than like, is this person balanced with everybody else? You know, Um, and then you just kind of dump the info after and then take whatever revisions to go through again and, and find it. But it's a very like quick process. Ideally, you want to streamline it as much as possible as, you know, we've talked about how much it helps. Figure out that one tweak or that one strategy that automatically takes your video editing from 20 hours to 30 minutes or whatever, you
0: know. Makes sense. Yeah. Tricks of the trade, man. Definitely saved me some time on my last video editing. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, I'm excited about it. Being able to empower
1: a lot more people with that too, because like we were yeah. talking about earlier, you know, I'm launching this uh, coaching course called Music Video Accelerator. We've kind of talked about it more. It's been a sponsor of the show, loosely. Yeah, and yeah. it was just you know, and it's uh, current edition. It's just kind of a video course where people can get all the video content, right? Yeah. Um, but I realized that, especially after talking to people at the, the music marketing coaching company I work for, that it'd be very helpful for people to have a coaching version where I actually spend one-on-one time with them walking them through setup of their camera, you know, lights, yeah. um, walking them through the edit process and do that over like a three month period. Um, so now that's something I'm going to start offering. Um, and we're going to offer it kind of to that, that group of, um, from that, that music marketing company called modern musician I work with, we're going to kind of give it to just their more kind of high end clients at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll push it out to kind of their whole listserv after we you know, get that first set of results. So that's coming on April 11th, um, which I'm excited about because that should help to provide a little bit more income while empowering artists with the tools to be able to make as much content as they want for themselves whenever they want without having to spend $1,000 you know, $1, $1, per video. You know? Yeah, without having to pay you. Exactly. So, and as much as I try to like, streamline things to make it so that like, there is an option to pay me you know, like, a more affordable rate per video... Like there's only so much I can do, and a lot of artists don't have as much content to you know be able to make something like that work. Like you know I have my like four videos that are one take videos that we shoot in half of a day uh, for like a thousand dollars, which is two fifty per video, which for the quality is really yeah. great. But most artists, and in theory you could do a weekly video release on YouTube, build an organic following. But the problem is most artists just don't have that much content. Yeah. You know? um, so, or they can't really do a live performance, or they can't match up what they're um, what they're playing live to the CD as well as would need to be for it to work for one yeah. uh, video. Or sometimes, you know, they're just not really looking to build the organic following online as much because uh, I mean, maybe they don't believe that it's possible just because everything is so saturated.
0: Yeah. yeah. A little saturated, maybe because you know, all the LJR content they have to battle right. to get to exactly get out front get of.
1: A fight for the top. I I, mean, I I think that a lot of people there's so many people out there doing organic stuff. Um, if you just stick with it for long enough and you're consistent, like you know, YouTube is looking at your watch time like, how many yeah. minutes do you have in your channel? That's the number one thing that's going to get you shown to more people. You know, it's not how many views you have, it's not the likes, it's not even the subscribers, all those are pieces, but the biggest thing is watch time. Yeah, and if you actually have like 10 minute long videos, you're actually gonna get more people that watch it, A, because one person who watches the full video is now watching 10 minutes worth versus three minutes, Uh, but also because there's, since it's 10 minutes, YouTube can break it up into like ad breaks now, and then they wanna make money, so they actually will push your content to more people. So that is why you're building your uh, musical odyssey. <laughs> so that is actually not why. I just happened to realize after I put it together yeah. that um, it was like a lot longer. Yeah. Uh, and it might, you know, kind of
0: work for that. Makes sense. So, yeah, you got the third installment in your Lord of the Rings trilogy <laughs> of music videos. Uh-huh. Um, exactly. So that's going to be for what song? Uh, it's going to be for Need a Little Levin. Right.
1: So, yeah, so. it's the third track. Um <clears throat> this one features um, Gurpreet Serene on um, singing. So he's a he's a Sikh, and he's got the um, he's this incredible Punjabi um, friend of mine that I've known since um, college. We were actually roommates, and we used to perform and play shows together. Uh, him, and me, and Daniel, who also you know plays the guitar right. solo for this one, um, and yeah, so he's going to be on that. He's going to be in the video as well. Also. And uh, Mr. Daniel will also be in ask, the video. You know, yeah. The DJR. Yep, finally making it the video. Going to make so, it in there. Yep. Yeah. So that was, I didn't know if Daniel uh, would be able to be part of the project, um, given everything he's got going on and, you know, different, you know, interest level and family stuff and blah, blah. And um, he was super down. Yeah. Especially once we talk more about kind of the overall concept and direction of the, the series. So, and, you know, now, like, there's going to be special effects, you know, yeah. that he's going to be... Engaged in, which is going to be interesting. And I, I'm actually that scene I have finished, and I'm very happy with how that particular part turned out. What's he doing? Well, I, I don't want to give it away yet. Um, give us a hint. Uh, a hint. Um, there's. I used a tutorial um, that shows how to do an effect from The Eternals. If you've seen hmm, that, I actually haven't seen that. So I haven't not. seen it either. I, <laughs> so I searched for the tutorial that would show me how to do this, and it happened to be a tutorial that. Um, showed an effect from the uh, Eternals, uh, which was very cool. But, da- but Daniel will kind of, like, transform, basically, yeah. a little bit. Um, so, yeah, So and so we'll, so will uh, Gaprit in a way, yeah. um, which is going to be, which is very symbolically representative of certain aspects of my interactions with them, according to the time frame when we first, uh, of kind of when I, um, like kind of early twenties and mid twenties and even some late twenties. I guess all of my twenties. Mm. Um, kind of what was what was going on for me within a lot of those interactions with the two of them. Um, yeah. That kind of ties it into this greater narrative structure that's coming out out of the the twelve chapters. What do you even call it? like I know you said trilogy because of how long Lord of the Rings is. So far. Yeah. Uh, but like, um, how, what do you call a
0: twelve part? series other than that well, i think you said it before it's going to just basically be a full movie when it's all set yeah and done. by the end like it'll a just two be hour like, featured film yeah you're gonna need true. like leo dicaprio to come in at the end right kind of like do a little uh little something there little cameo
1: that that actually would be amazing let's just say i don't know i mean this is obviously dreaming here but like what if we got to the point where you know by video 12 there's enough like of a following around it that we could actually we actually got the attention of some, you know, person who shared, you know, some aspect of my experience. I don't know, like Katie Perry, for example. Like she grew up in a very like oppressive kind of Christian background. Yeah. She transitioned to music and really crushed it. Um, I, you know, maybe there'd be a tie there where she would <laughs> experience so where she would resonate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'd, you know,
2: have uh oh, attention, small.
1: please. We're in the All library. We're in the airport. <laughs> <nine hours. laughs> Power we we airplane there for a second. I know, right? I thought there was like some sort of like weird fire alarm or something. Um, yep. Hmm. Well, we're in the library,
0: yeah. back in the study rooms, <clears throat> peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to the strip club, but <laughs> figured we was gonna get too distracted. You know, it's funny. So, I,
1: it's funny you talk about the strip club because I one of my um, my acting coach that I'm starting to go to. Um, I just had my first acting lesson since, like, I don't know, middle school or something like that. Uh, First, like, one on one acting lesson. And this guy, you know, he's done a lot of productions. He's actually in Wonder Woman. He's in, like, the opening, uh, 1984, he's in the opening fight scene um, and fights her, which is pretty dope. Um, Indeed. But uh, I finally went to somebody about that, and he asked me, like, oh, like, would you be down to meet me at the Gentleman's Club? And Uh he, like, sent me this address. I'm like, oh, um," I mean, I, I was down. I didn't, like, I've never been to a strip club, but I wasn't like against going. It wasn't a part
0: of the homeschool curriculum. <laughs> it was not for sure. Yeah, you were like um, you know, re- researching the uh, the native population for right. You know, outside of the suburbanites, to know
1: what yeah. we were up against. Uh, I mean, we we I definitely did look at the um, what is it something. There was a visual dictionary that we had that totally showed. Like the male anatomy and the female uh, anatomy
0: and God. i definitely looked at
1: that a lot for sure <laughs> oh. very oppressed uh, of course and the victoria's magazines
0: the, mostly the male anatomy though of course oh.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> totally um but then i would um yeah i would actually i would because of all this sexual well, not just because i'm sure many other people do this too but um my mom of course would get like the victoria's secret magazines with the male. And I would always be like checking the mail, Didn't need to know so that, that I could grab that <laughs> and like steal it, and then I would have it, and then nobody else would know. And that was that was my childhood. Yeah, Daniel did yeah, the punch. I found out recently um, that Michael was not happy about that. He was always mad about that that I got them.
2: Oh my god, <laughs> that was hilarious.
0: This needs to be added um, to one of my TV episodes. <laughs> right? Yeah. That. <laughs> a Roberts a house star story. isn't born. Yep. I'm still really excited for that to come out. That'll be the spinoff, man. And Dude, especially if you get famous, be even better. Right? That would be. You could totally make a Netflix series out of that. Well, have to find like a child actor who like looked like you guys. We actually need three of them. Right. Like a redhead one, and need a really, really tall weird one, and a mm-hmm. middle sized one. You try to please everybody, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Your parents can still play your parents. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: uh, it'd be funny just envisioning different people if they did play the roles. I don't know why my mind of course went right to Gal Gadot for like the mom character. Uh, um, fair enough. Yeah. I don't know why. I guess do I think my mom looks like Gal Gadot? I think that's kind of what I did. My mom did she Gal Gadot, well, my mom didn't actually have a perm. She didn't have really curly hair. She had a perm and Gal Gadot has not done that. But I could see her crush. What was she in? Gal Gadot. Oh, she's the Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, and she also played and Fast and Furious. That's where I first saw her. Um, so, you know, love at first sight. It's no, I'm just kidding. It's getting weird. Anyway, but back to the subject yeah. at hand. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's most of what. Uh, yeah, right. Woo, all the way back. Um, but that's a lot of what's going on. Um, I think the only other thing. I guess this is probably pretty large. Pretty large. We've talked some before about my fundraising app that I've been developing uh, with my dad. It's called FundUp. Um, yeah. You know, it helps people to multiply their giving to nonprofits they care about. They give five bucks a month. They refer their friends to give five bucks a month. Their friends refer their friends. Pyramid scheme. Exactly. Literate, pyramid scheme, but for it, charity, right? Like
0: all the money goes directly he's to charity. Literally building a pyramid with his hands right now. Yeah, it's it's a little triangle pyramid I thing. I might have to video this part just just to prove this. Man. There we go. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. I I do that every time. Although sometimes I do this, but it's still like this. Even if it's three lines, I know everybody listening can't see this, but I'm kind of drawing three lines that are now just just waving
0: his hands around like he's a little bit
1: special. Yeah, well, I I do, I do wave my. It's it's a Christian thing. Like I'm used to waving my hands in the air for things. You know. Anyway, so the the app, um, you know, once you build this tree of givers, it's all linked back to you. So you're donating five dollars a month, but you can see that because of you, fifty dollars a month is going to your favorite nonprofit, and like ten people got involved. Yeah. So, you can kind of turn a $5 donation into a $50 per month one using your network. So, we've been working on this for a couple of years. We actually had to, we went through a couple of different partners and stuff that just didn't work out. We had to build our own nonprofit as a partner organization to like accept the donations, make it tax deductible, all that stuff. Um, but we're finally actually launching that now. So, I've been meeting with different nonprofits. Yeah. Uh, we met with one uh, in Laurel last night, and they're very interested. Um, They uh, almost completed the sign-up process, Um, so we're hoping to onboard them in the next couple days and start supporting uh, the work that they're doing. So, and then from there, we're just gonna make sure everything, you know, works perfectly in the beta test. Everything works on our end, but obviously you wanna make sure everything is good before you promote it to the, the whole world. So, one month doing that, making sure everything is good with one, then we expand to maybe 10 then we start to push it kind of everywhere and we just see how that goes and hopefully Keep it rolling. by the yeah. end of the year, yeah, our goal is to donate $10,000 a month to nonprofits by the end of the year. So we'll see. It's, you know, it's an aggressive goal, but I also, if, it, if we connect with the right people, it could be we could hit 100. It's, yeah. it's a, you know, I like to dream big, as, as you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah I think that's most of what's going on I found a favorite new coffee shop that's obviously very important yeah back, so I'm addicted there now back
0: to the uh, the normal LJR rituals exactly important things the coffee shops the necklaces uh, mm-hmm. wearing black yeah always yeah it's true you don't think you've ever I don't think i changed pants very much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do wash them but yeah and we got the live streams going we covered that. Yep. Sunday so. nights, at eight thirty. We
1: do album updates or have different guests on. That's actually been pretty cool. I've been meeting some new people recently. I definitely want to bring on um, to to chat about stuff. In fact, I was actually I was looking for a new therapist because um, mine like moved on to like a different position, or I think she got promoted. So she got tired of your childhood stories. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just, just like, band, well, you know, I know I'm not supposed you? to be like here a, for like exactly triggering all my trauma. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sorry, buddy, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was all good. Um, but like, and I, well, I was definitely, you know, sad about it, but um, it was, I was also okay yeah. with it. So now a little fresh, fresh blood. You yeah. Know? Trying to find a new one. I did go to one guy, but he also ended up moving on after like seven weeks to his own private practice, whatever. So now I'm looking for a new one. Um, I might go with a different therapist that's at that same practice, but I actually found through a ex-religious um, like Facebook group. That there are therapists that specifically focus on uh, what's called RTS or religious trauma syndrome. No, uh, that basically no. people who have left the church and deal with this very niche kind of experience. Um, and I actually called her. It turned out she lives in Hawaii, so she can't actually help me from a therapist point of view because you're only licensed in whatever state you've mm. licensed in, and she's not licensed. Yeah, licensed to talk to people to give actual therapy, but isn't um, this therapeutic? So, right. So that's where it's like there are legal definitions around that kind of stuff. And so part of what she's wanted to do is actually become like a life coach and use uh, that as a way to to provide more services to more people in different so, areas.
0: Where she, But she's got to figure out, like, is that conflicting? So with if her you current expressed your feelings right now and then I told you what to do about them, that would be illegal?
1: No. Um, it would be illegal I don't,
0: I don't, if I called myself a therapist when I did it. That's a good question. It maybe. I don't want to know now. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I want to know too. I I don't know the legality around that. It's. I think you just need a psychology degree or something, and then you're ready to go. It's
1: something like that. There's some set of qualifications, and then you have to make sure that you're actually. Each state, I guess, has a different licensing procedure, and you have to get that. You know, Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's similar to like if you start like I don't know. I would guess like taking down trees, you might need to be licensed. Like there's like a certain- an arborist. Yeah, like uh, there's stuff
0: like that where a little like the license- therapy. Yeah, but like- maybe machinery involved, you know, like- Totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, our brains are not complex machines. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, but
1: like, there's, I, it just, every state has different regulations. I don't know what yeah. they are. But yeah, that's right. what like being a life coach is, that's why she's not sure about if she can do that because maybe it'll conflict somehow with whatever requirements are there for her license. And she's just gonna look into that. But that might be a context where I could work with somebody who like really understands what it was like to be me, because she grew up in that. Yeah. You know, and that's her whole life. And even just talking with her on the phone, she obviously like used all of the exact same language. She's been reading all the same books that I've been reading and like doing a lot of work uh, to help other people and like clearly understands what that's like. So that would be really cool if I could Even just do the live coaching thing with her, which
0: I wonder if might be more valuable than therapy anyway. You'll have to to forgive my curtness or my bluntness, but since I got you on the spot, might as well grill you a little. I was just talking to uh, (laughs) our mutual friend, Felipe. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't really say his last name, but Pacaginella or something like that. Yeah, Pacanjonella. that's how bad my Caucasian is. But um, anyway, (laughs) um, we were kind of talking about you guys. This will air. Uh, two. I don't know in what order. But anyway, we're saying, uh, I feel like you guys just really took it seriously. And like, I don't know if that was yeah. by choice or it's just pure subconscious. Because I feel like a lot of kids in the same situation just didn't take it as seriously. Totally. And that's not me judging you because I'm a pretty serious person at times as well about a lot of stuff. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you did kind of take it oh yeah to another level.
1: Really seriously. Yeah. And that's that's part of what created so to put on my ther- the damage
0: yeah. yeah my therapist shoes like why did that happen <laughs> right
1: so I've done a lot of delving into like that particular yeah. thing like because I mean I know other people that you know of course they got a lot of damage and it's usually the people that like um, dedicated everything to it and it was their their whole world and foundation same yeah. kind of thing as me but there are plenty of people who like didn't have that happen they were there right. they had the opportunity every opportunity to but it didn't happen. And I was trying to figure out like what happened that caused that for me and these other people. And obviously, I don't know what happened for everybody else, but yeah. for my specific situation, I eventually realized um, that part of what can happen if your parents have some unresolved, um, like basically emotionally emotional immaturity, which you know we all have at some level and we all work to improve. Um, but especially when you're a lot older, like the previous generation. It wasn't as like in to focus on your mental health, take care of yourself, mm-hmm. delve into those, like what's going on and try to work on that. Um, to the ways in which that affected me where basically certain, where like certain emotions that I would want to express like anger or pain or sadness, things like that, were not really acceptable or okay because my parents would be like uncomfortable with it, basically, yeah. and that as a child you end up learning subconsciously that if I exhibit these emotions, that I will essentially be kind of rejected by my parent. I'm not gonna get the secure attachment that I need to be okay. Yeah. And what that does, even though the parent is not meaning any of this stuff at all, it's all just reactivity stuff that's happening and they're doing everything that they can to love you and take care of you, um, it creates a, a situation where you're not able to emotionally mature um, correctly um, within all those emotions. So that, what that's called is emotional neglect. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that it's intentional or that the parent is trying to damage you usually it's quite the opposite they're trying yeah, to do everything just, they just, can just calling your parents out you know on the podcast. well, <laughs> well I mean, we've talked about this you know at <laughs> <head laughs> and everything and um, you know it's it's not something that sorry you know, mom and dad you know, right? I mean and I one of the things I really respect about them is how far you know we've all come as a family trying to work on these things and like I don't I don't know very many other families that are actually open to trying to even have that conversation and trying to even listen to their kids Mm -hmm. when they bring up stuff like this because usually the typical response is just you know like a shutdown thing i mean i have friends where you know their response is well i'm sorry you see it that way and that's it and that's all the engagement that they ever get and like i get way more than that so i'm really grateful you know for that i mean of course there's still challenges and we're still working on stuff and all that kind of thing but you know we're we're getting there so anyway so that's to kind of answer the question, when you experience that, what's functionally happening is that you learn as a kid that in order to get the secure attachment, you have to meet the need of your your parental figure yeah. because they have a need to feel emotionally safe. They're uncomfortable with these other emotions. You're learning that you have to meet that need first before your needs can be met. Yeah. So you then start to exhibit this relational dynamic in most other relationships until you start to identify and undo it later which i did you know probably late mid to late 20s but you know in romantic relationships and friendships and in the church um basically you're always looking for how do i meet everybody else's needs so that i can be accepted and in the church context it's infinite need Mm. and this is tied your ability to meet that is tied to your sense of acceptance your sense of validation your sense of self and identity So that's why, for me, I dedicated everything to it. I didn't see this dynamic, of course, because I was a kid; I couldn't mm. see that kind of stuff at that time. Um, and then, when I when I eventually realized that this was not real to me, um, and I had to leave, um, all my whole way that I consciously thought about my foundation, everything that gave me security, um, that met that need for me, um, was just ripped away. Yeah, and that's why that's at least. For now, kind of what I put together the best narrative um, for like what happened to me from like more of a therapist point of view of like, yeah, you know what dynamics were going on interpersonally and inside my head. Well, there, there you have it. It's the breakdown. Yeah, yeah. All the way through. So yeah, <laughs> very very abridged, but I think that's that's good. We don't we could spend hours just talking about
0: that thing, yeah.
1: and it's easy to get into the, know the weeds. so yeah. yeah, we've had plenty of.
0: Conversations there. Every so. every episode. I don't even know what episode this is that you've been on, but I feel like five, five or six, maybe. I don't, Yeah, I don't or something know, like so that. There. No, yeah. There's always a section about you know religion there. Just yeah, like a little section you, about religion. you get it out. Family stuff or, a little, or whatever. You or know, a little catharsis or something. Mm-hmm. Just periodic, you know. Yeah, you have to let it out. Well, to it's been you um, can breathe now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and doing the
1: whole video series with the sci-fi and everything. Um, is a way. I'm. I'm you know, in, in many ways, I'm kind of taking the narrative that I've put together, the narrative structure of like what happened over the past, you know, however many years for me, and anchoring that into like a symbolic representation in this story. Yeah. You know, and putting pieces together like that. So, but putting like actually putting it into a visual medium, mm. um, which then I can kind of experience outside of myself. Yeah. Right. By looking at this thing, and that's been very cathartic, as yeah. well for me.
0: You don't mind? Let me get a hit of that iPhone cable. Oh yeah, man. My phone is also dying. Charge you up here. Appreciate it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Only only sixteen messages missed. I know, right? During the course of this interview. Exactly. Too popular. Yeah, I think I have a.
1: Oh no, it's just it's one spam call. Oh, that's Um, good. And then like a notification of a new rental. Need to turn off those notifications. Um, I was trying to move briefly, and I decided Well, be, yeah, I could I'll get a house I wasn't going to. So
0: to switch gears ever so slightly. I don't know if it's kosher subject or not. Okay. Don't worry. It's not bad. But <laughs> you do uh, still occasionally drum with me. So yeah, we do know. have a couple shows, April 13th in Baltimore and the 14th in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if uh, any of your fan clubs out there hanging out. In the city near New York, but uh, we'll be up there, you know, causing a little ruckus, wandering around. So yeah, I know Antoinette's up in New York. I know. So I don't know how far Antoinette, out of the you're listening. She, I don't know how far out of the city she is, but yeah, where maybe. is that? You said Brooklyn. Yeah, right smack dab in the yeah. main drag somewhere. Yeah, it's at yeah. the gutter. You bar. never
1: know. Maybe she'll come out. That'd be great. We can yeah. hang out, get a picture with her, and I mean, great. Meet,
0: meet the infamous. Antoinette. Right? Yeah, you know what's so. funny
1: is that um, um, she goes by Anne, and I always forget because her name on Facebook is Antoinette. And then I call her Antoinette, and now everybody calls her Antoinette. I feel like <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> but she actually goes by Anne, so I'm going to try to she call also her Anne. By, like Ant? I think I've seen her. Yeah, she goes by. D- she, has, um, she has some DJ stuff online, like CBJ yeah. Radio, I think, and
0: she goes yeah. DJ Ant. Nice. Fair, Fair enough. Um, well, an episode wouldn't be complete without a shout out. That's right,
1: and um, I also want to give a, a shout out to um, um, Cindy Johnson as well. Uh, she's from Tampa, Florida, and she's actually going to be coming um, up to the show. To the show, yeah, uh, which is awesome. She's going to be bringing a couple of friends, um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good night, man. I'm excited, <laughs> and I'm to Michael and Lauren Keatley, they're also coming from uh, Philadelphia. Nice. Uh, so the, yeah, I'm pretty pretty pumped. Um, if you guys haven't gotten tickets, just search on Ticketmaster, or go to my website, or um, anywhere on there. I knew we to, to find it. Or text me at four four three two three zero five six four four. Oh wow, you're a fan club. <laughs> I number. do. I have one of those like private numbers where like nice. they can't call I me. Saw, you know, but I
0: saw Spotify like set those up recently, or not? Maybe not Spotify, but DistroKid or something. It, yeah. it'll give you a phone number now, to, so like you could kind of you know spam people if you want when you release music, which mm-hmm. I guess obviously that. It's definitely a strong LJR Yeah, move, totally. I was considering it, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, maybe. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, what I do, I mean, that's probably free, which is great. Yeah. Um, I use a service called Community. Um, it costs some money, but um, yeah. once you get, you know, it's the best way to get in contact with people. Because, I mean, my emails oftentimes, you know, go to spam because Gmail yeah. filters them out as promotions or whatever. Yeah. And so, I've, even though I've got an email list of like probably twenty three hundred people, I'm sure it's a small minority that actually get to the real person. And even some of my most loyal fans find it in their spam boxes. And yeah. They, you know, so it's it's missing. So like, even though I sent out an email to twenty three hundred people that have a ton of people here, you know, in the DC area for tickets, yeah. you know, hardly anybody got tickets from that direct email. You because know, I can track like link clicks, you know, in that and everything. Yeah. But with texting, like it
0: always goes right there. There's no filtering, yeah. no nothing. So, yeah. Well, just remember out there, people. The the LJR is trying to have a side bet. I'm sure with slang for who can get the most people out. So, you know. <laughs> we actually we haven't had any bets yet. <laughs> um, so, gotta but. gotta help him out here. Gotta <laughs> gotta beat old old John Bobo and Felix. Exactly. They're gonna be coming for you. So, yeah. I don't know. Totally. See who gets the
1: most out. One of the things I do like um, about the event is um, how everybody's very collaborative when it comes to like yeah. the whole thing. You know, it's not. So far, I haven't felt like there's like a ton of ego involved in like decision making around oh, stuff. Oh, you,
0: you haven't hung out with John long enough yet. Have you? Uh, well, <laughs> well I, I mean, I've, I've hung out with John a good bit. I've that, not that's detected the, that's you know, the too rock much there. Ego, so. right there. I mean, come on. The only podcast that was ever taken down.
1: Oh, that's yeah. right. That is the infamous episode. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think that's separate from like, like I think <laughs> when I think of band ego, I think of like people being divas on stage or like, you have to yeah. do this thing for me or whatever. And like everybody's been very willing yeah. to, you know, kind of go with the flow, which has been cool. So I put in a lot of work into just yeah. planning the show. I mean, just booking the show took forever. But, and and yeah. Jarell Williams is the other person. Right. I think I mentioned him earlier. But yeah, I don't think I've met him before. Shout out to him. Yeah. He's awesome. He's. Yeah. Super easygoing guy, super talented, um, yeah. and I think he's going to, you know, bring a good number of people out, too. So, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe maybe he'll, he'll bring Trump out all more of people. You. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll you'll see. Y'all be shamed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have, um you will at the door when you get there, somebody will ask you for, I think James is going to ask, um, like, who are you here to see? Yeah. just kind of, you know, pick one person kind of thing. So, be cool. Fair enough. Um,
0: yeah. All right. I think that's everything I got. Yeah, you've you covered it it's 45 minutes that's we funny. are we are rocking and rolling yeah um guess it's time for
1: me to get back to my coffee shop and yeah. keep chugging caffeine and finish this episode i'm like so close is this one visual effect i have to figure out how to yeah. modify for my ending scene
0: sweet almost well, there i guess that's uh it's about a wrap then sweet yeah thanks for having me man this is great yeah it's been a little bit so do it again yeah. soon. I don't know what the interval is, but yeah, every every six months or so get you on here. Maybe it's even more than that. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. we'd have to look at them. Yeah,
2: interesting.
0: No, that's for Antoinette to keep tabs on the stats, Right? You know,
1: yeah, Antoinette would totally. She loves digging into like all the stats and yeah. the specifics and stuff like that. So maybe Antoinette knows. I'm
0: sure she's listening through the
1: end of the episode. Yeah. Shout out to to you, Antoinette. Sick.
0: All right. I think we'll call it all right sweet later people all right peace so yeah thanks to you for listening if you made it this far uh thanks to luke for coming on the show once again the song you're hearing in the background is called need a little Lovin'" by the ljr you can definitely go find it on your favorite music platform and uh definitely feel free to subscribe to the podcast or luke wherever you may be listening and uh, have a good weekend